Hello guys, you are listening to Mushtar FM 89.6 and I'm your host Chris and I have uh, my French guest here in the studio, hey Mathilde. Hello everyone. And Alexia, hey Alexia. Hi. And we continue our famous show 36 questions to fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> It's the next part and uh, I hope you like the first guys. So, and uh, now we will do next session. Yeah, nice. I was waiting for it. <laughs> and at the end, everybody is gonna fall in love with each other. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll do a beautiful uh, trio, polyam, poly love. I don't know how to <laughs> translate polyamorous. polyamorous. <laughs> Truffle wedding. <laughs> Maybe it's not like in um, in a romantic sense, but uh, in a, in a sense of uh, friendship uh, for sure. So, and our next question is: If you could, what would you change about the way you were raised? I think the major problem in my family is the communication and nonviolence. Speaking about physical moral and verbal violence sometimes i i see that with my sister or with my uh, close family i mean we talk to each other very in a bad way well we are not insulting each other uh, each time we met but i mean it can be aggressive sometimes while it has not to be yeah there is also a lot of judgment i think and uh, so Maybe that's what I would like to change uh, if I be raised. Please, I want to be raised in my second life. I want to be raised in uh, good communication about emotions and uh, non-violence. <laughs> uh, I guess for me it would be to uh, give me more freedom. I'm an only child uh, and maybe it goes along with being an only child. Uh, but I was overprotected, but like overprotected in a very toxic way, uh, which means that everything I wanted or or I was tempted to do was seen as a potential danger. And it was a very huge handicap for me for until recently. When it comes to my independence of thinking and of being just, and just for my independence in general, like how to manage myself, it took me a very, very long time. I actually, I, I became completely independent the moment I uh, did my civic service in Strasbourg. This is the moment everything began for me, the moment I actually became an adult. Um, so yeah, if I could change one thing about the way I was raised would be just letting me experience the world, let me uh, fail, also let me fail so I can learn, let me maybe face some dangers at some point too, because I, I think I would have experienced way more things, like important things, if I had not been raised the way I was So yeah. Um, in one hand, I don't want to change anything because this way how I was uh, raised uh, that made me uh, who I am now. Uh, but on the other hand, if we live in a you know um, 
fairy tale uh, life and everything uh, can be perfect. Uh, I would like to ask uh, to my parents to communicate with me more in the sense of telling me truth. Um, but they were hiding some facts, important facts from me because they were scary that I cannot uh, take it in a good way. I mean, that it would be it would be harmful for me. And even though it is, the question is not about the information. The question is about um, about them do not knowing how to communicate in the right way to explain this information to me. And they choose the strategy uh, to avoid and hide the information. And then when I discovered it, it was super harmful for me, way more harmful than it could be in the first place. So, uh, and this pattern, it's kind of repeating pattern in my family. My relatives, they don't know how to be responsible. So they don't like to take responsibilities on them in every sense of the life of life. This I would like to change. Also, nowadays we have a trend to search for the problems in our childhood and sometimes uh, do not fix them, just sometimes admit like, yes, I have a problem. Uh, it comes from my childhood and we blame our childhood and our parents that they did uh, that stuff to us uh, in our childhood and that's the reason why we became person like who, like who we are uh, it's also a toxic trend I guess because yes you can do like this it's also a choice but do not go deep inside because um, I think our parents did their best because we doing something from position that we have right now and uh every our movements in this position that's the best that we can do because you cannot blame person in the past because you don't know the circumstances uh, where they were living into yeah you don't know about their childhood neither yeah, also yeah and we were talking about that <clears throat> with a friend that parents don't have internship How to be a parent? They don't have a course about it. So they are doing their best and we all know that they are doing their best. So sometimes it's difficult also to not blame on them. But we have to take this, um, this zoom out yeah. to understand that uh, they don't have, there is no lesson for parents. How to be good parents with your background. It's, it had to be a personal lesson. So it's not possible at all. Yeah, I mean, I understand what uh, you say, but um, if I had to talk about my experience, I don't think blaming if... Because to me, when I reproach something to my parents, you know, something they did that made me like this, I don't see it as blaming. To me, it's just speaking facts. Mm. But I, I don't think, you know, even right now, I, I think the way I am, the way I'm scared of... Uh, human relationships right now are directly because of how my parents treated me sometimes uh, but I still don't think I blame them you know I, I I think they did a mistake a big mistake but as you say I also uh, I'm also very conscious of the fact that nobody's perfect and I I mean I forgave them already like years ago so it's not to me it's not necessarily blaming someone. I'm just speaking facts because I believe in psychiatry and medicine and uh, childhood is a big part. Not everything uh, 
it's not the only reason why we are like this right now, but it's also a big part of the reason why we are the persons we are right now. So I believe in the role of parents. I don't see it as blaming. I don't know if I'm clear in the way I'm saying it, but I think you understood the point. Yes, yes, of course. Me, I understand. It's like I I still love my parents anyway, no matter how many mistakes I think they made anyway. And we are going to 11th question. In four minutes, tell your partner your life story in such details as you can. <laughs> well, we have four minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> we have four minutes. Wow. <clears throat> Me, I can, uh, I can start. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was born uh, <laughs> the 15th of March, 1996 at 8 17th uh, in the morning um, then my I was not raised directly by my by my parents but by a nanny because they were working hard all day long and uh, then I had one um, sister one little sister two years after I was born and uh, we were raised by, by this nanny that's now my third grandmother kind of And um, I've gone in a very normal school in the city center of Bourges, in the center of France, uh, in the center of Europe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I had very basic school years. I was not good at school, not bad at school. I was very medium. And, well, I had a scholarship really normal, basic. Then I gone to the university. Um, oh, oh, sorry. During this scholar year, I um, I discover uh, scouting, and uh, that's now a big part of my life. I discovered I was sixteen years old, and I did it with my with my best friend during three years. I made some project. I traveled with my parents without my parents, and I gone to the university uh, I spent three years in linguistics then two years in teaching and education master and then I've gone to Vietnam I spent a very beautiful year then two years of COVID so I came back to France and then I'm here let's say that <laughs> I, I don't try to do it in four minutes <laughs> I try to do it quicker <laughs> okay Um, so let's start like Alexia. I was born the 23rd of April 1998 at 4.30 p.m., uh, which is a snacking time in France and <laughs> also the time where kids go out of school, which, which I think says a lot about my relationship <laughs> to school and about my obsession with food. So I think that's it. I can stop. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But... Um, yeah, I was born uh, next to Paris, but I try to forget that because I, at three years old, I went to live in Brittany, which is ba basically my heart, heart region, you know. Uh, so like uh, Créteil, the city I was born next to Paris, it's just on my identi identity card. But my heart region is Brittany and it will always be Brittany. I had kind of a lonely childhood, 
let's say, but also spoiled chi- childhood. Like I was a spoiled kid by my parents. Uh, good food, gifts. My mother is an artist, passionate with art, and I got this uh, passion and skills, I think, from her, if I can call myself skilled. I mean, at least this passion for uh, art and drawing. So I started drawing since I knew how to hold a pen in my in my little hand. So this passion I had until today. So yeah, in school, I mean, I same. I wasn't bad. I wasn't the best either. Uh, I had kind of difficult time with uh, others because I wasn't very social, and also I was kind of the, let's say, what, what outsider. Uh, what was the word? Yeah, yeah, that's the how to uh, Yeah, um, because I wasn't acting like everyone else. Uh, so it was kind of difficult until the moment I found like the perfect, the perfect uh, friend in uh, middle school. In the middle of middle school, I met uh, Charlotte, uh, like probably the best, the one of the best person I've ever met, and from there my relationships went uh, almost perfect. Like I had friends with whom I was loathing a lot and stuff, doing a lot of stuff, traveling, hanging out and stuff. Um, Then I went to high school when I decided to specialize in art field. So I was in like literature class in high school with specialization in uh, plastic arts. I graduated with the uh, highest mention, I think, because I worked really hard, so I was really proud of uh, myself at that time. Uh, then I tried very different uh, fields uh, with uh, post-studying, like post-high school studying. I tried four years of... five years, even, five years of um, uh, studies and stuff, and um, but I didn't like it. And then I decided to go to civic service in Strasbourg. And this is thanks to this civic service that I discovered the ESC program. And this is why I'm here now. And I think this is the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> I've ever happened. made. Cool. Wow, four wow. minutes <laughs> on the gong. <laughs> So it's my turn. Uh, I was born the 7th of May and I'm 27 years old. You can calculate uh, the year by yourself. So I was born in a happy family. My parents, they wanted me so much and my father especially. I was um, a really wanted kid but unplanned. The childhood was wonderful but uh, at the at the age of seven, uh, this strategy happened. My father passed away, and from this time, it was kind of tough for me uh, because I was uh, going through this um, these emotions. My passion was uh, dancing, and also there were another strategy with the teacher of uh, of the classes uh, dance classes. And then I discover uh, drawing. So I was studying draw school for eight years. And I even thought uh, to go to uh, university and continue this path. But then like, I understood uh, it wasn't my really my path. And uh, I wanted to keep it as a side, as a hobby, but not, not continue this as a career. And uh, then I decided to go to, to university and study history. 
So, but also it doesn't match my expectation, the study about history, as I thought before when I was studying at school uh, and uh, something that I faced in, uh, in real university life, it wasn't like this. So then uh, after graduation from my university, I became a teacher, but not history teacher. I was teaching faster reading. I was working with kids and adults. Um, then uh, also uh, like the parallel job was social media management and marketing is the other my biggest passion. Also, I was traveling a lot. Uh, I was uh, working in the USA uh, while I was studying in, in university. That's, I think, from where my uh, travel began. I, I constantly traveling to somewhere. So nowadays I have been visited 38 countries. I discovered last year in December, I discovered like I wanted to express my thoughts somehow. And I started uh, my podcast. That's why I'm here right now, talking with you guys and <laughs> making shows in uh, Mushtar FM 89.6. <laughs> yeah. And I'm proud of uh, this fact that I can make it. Yeah. Okay. That's the story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> na, na, na. And if you could wake up tomorrow with a skill or ability, what would it be? Me, I already know. <laughs> it would it be to, to know, um, I think, every language is. That's complicated now that you say this. <laughs> but uh, what was your first point? I wanted to say the ability to play an instrument. Because mm. to play an instrument, you have to use your two hands differently. And my brain don't want this. It's like, no, 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 two, same movement for two hands. <laughs> <laughs> my ability would be uh, like a teleport, you know, to go to yeah. somewhere, uh, no matter where, just just by thinking about it? Yes. <sighs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think we All can this. meet. Yes, of course. The long distance relationship yeah. can be easier like that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and traveling in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not so, have to pay for the plane. <laughs> our next question is, if a magic crystal would reveal the truth to you, what would you want to learn about it? I think I would like to know uh, how will be the world talking about the climate changing and uh, I would like to know if the youth people of today are into doing things for uh, the planet and for the environment. If it's true, because I think in my mind at least, um, I think youth nowadays is uh, doing more and more and more, but I want to know if it's going to be enough. The crystal, is it revealing the future or the just the truth? Just about the something? truth about everything that you wanted to know. Um, I would like to know if there is uh, some kind of reincarnation. Like, is there life after death or is it another type of... Uh, life or something like that because I kind of I am into this type of spirituality so I guess I would be interested to know about that Wow, for me it's really hard question because uh, I don't know, I mean I'm okay with that information that I have but uh, I think according to, to last um, 
uh, years. I, I would like to know uh, who is the the decision maker. I mean, I know who is decision maker, but what is behind the decision of start uh, started the war between Russia and Ukraine? So, next one. Is there something you've been waiting for, do for a long time? Why haven't you done it yet? Uh, start working in Berlin. <laughs> uh, in Germany in general, I had this plan for a long time and I still didn't learn German. I think because I also got, I mean, every people I had around me was telling me, you know, German is very difficult language and was kind of putting me trying to warn me about something, but they were doing it in a kind of negative way. So it's kind of made me lose uh, confidence, I would say, in my in my plans. So I guess I just pushed my plan back and back and back every time. So yeah, still didn't do it because of, uh, I guess the influence that people can have uh, on me. It's been a long time I have this dream to go to all the Disneyland parks. Unfortunately, I still haven't uh, done it because I need money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I already did uh, the one in Paris, so tick. (laughs) But uh, I I need more money. And of course, as it is not my priority, I don't try neither to earn money just for that project because it means also not just going to the park of course it means also doing a big travel and and um, a big trip so that's why it's still not done but I have it since a long time for me it was I barely did that but (laughs) some uh, some circumstances changed my my mind I wanted to do Camino de Santiago which is a long way from... uh, So uh, there are many ways, but most uh, identical, original, or the oldest one, let's say, is from France to uh, Santiago de Compostela, which is uh, in Spain. It's a way uh, for pilgrims, for some people who believe in God, uh, but nowadays it's not only for them, it's for everybody who wanted to find uh, himself or just solve some problems or just wanted to be on the way uh, and by that uh, achieve something. So uh, I I was thinking like uh, to go there because I really wanted to restart my life somehow. And um, I was dreaming about it. I was preparing myself like I know the whole theoretical part. I know like everything about this. And I was I was putting my equipment like clothes and uh, all this stuff that I need for, for the way uh, to the cart uh, in the decathlon. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then the war came, uh, unfortunately. And I just decided to postpone that because uh, it uh, takes time. And, uh, of course, you need to have savings, time, and uh, a lot of stuff to do that. Because I don't want to... Some people do the way, like, they, they, they split it in some parts. For example, to, to do this uh, Camino de Frances, which is from France uh, to Santiago de Compostela, you need that at least one month. It's uh, around 700 kilometers, which you... Like so, this way you're walking. You don't take any transportation, any kind of stuff. Just uh, you 
two two legs that you have <laughs> and you do it by by walking and your big backpack <laughs> yeah yeah and i wanted to have like uh, one one month for do, do not be disturbed by anything yeah and since i i don't have this privilege to do not have uh, any any like occupation for one month so i decided to postpone it also um, the money is kind of thing because uh, you have to uh, have like savings for that because uh, you have to pay for accommodation for food and that stuff yeah so i decided to do it another time but i don't know when <laughs> and i really dreaming about it because uh, it means a lot to me I remember the first time when I heard about this uh, Camino de Santiago, it was a book of Paulo Coelho. So he basically, he made this um, the, this way so popular among the people. And uh, I was around 12 years old when I read the, read the book and I was like, wow, that's the thing. And I wanted to do that. Uh, also, it was one of the point when I started to learn Spanish. Because I I want to be be able to communicate with locals on my way. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so next, the greatest accomplishment of your life. Wow. Wow, is there one? <laughs> <laughs> I think I can start because it's obvious to me. It's just like all all the way until now. I would say, uh, especially during 2020. Uh, like from 2020 to 2023, it was like three years of huge uh, self-improvement in a way and growth, like huge growth. And it's yeah, the time where I really started to take decisions for myself and not necessarily um, taking into account all the fears of people around me, because I guess it's a big, a big thing. Even with people you love, sometimes they can say things that can like demotivate you and, and stuff. And uh, yeah, I really started to take decisions for myself and really start to do things that actually matters to me, like what we are doing now and what I did also in France, uh, just helping elders, uh, elders and uh, helping uh, kids uh, thanks to workshop and stuff like this. This was very important to me, and um, I ended up doing it and also spending one year abroad, which <laughs> I'm literally doing now. And it's something that I would have never thought to be able to do before, like never in my life I would have thought I had this, uh, these um, resources inside of me, and I ended up having them, which I didn't know. <laughs> so it's nice uh, Nice and I guess. <laughs> I think my biggest um, accomplishment in my life is to be independent from my parents' opinion. I used to um, give them a lot of importance. Well, I give them a lot of importance, but I mean their opinion, a lot of importance on me, like their point of view on myself. And um, yeah, I think just get rid of that. It was a difficult work for me, thanks to the distance, because um, it's my third year in my life. Uh, I'm spending very far from my parents. If no, it's already uh, nine years. I'm 
not living with my parents, but I think I needed the physical and geographic distance to get rid of their uh, opinion and point of view of on everything I, I am doing. So I think for me, I, I was thinking about it while you were speaking, uh, and uh, I agree with Mathilde about the point where I am now. It's uh, it's a big accomplishment. But also I would say uh, having my own podcast because this contains a lot of work behind it. So before, um, before I started it, I was doing a lot of things. And when I started it, I realized like uh, I have a lot of background, which made me who I am now. And uh, I have a lot of background in the, in the different fields, which allows me to talk about uh, different topics, to invite different interesting people that I have a really big circle of uh, incredible people around me who I can invite as guests to my podcast and uh, tell their story to, to the world and uh, connect them with my listeners through their stories and uh, yeah by, by doing this I realized like how many things I already have done uh, have accomplished and uh, having my own podcast it's an index uh, of everything that I have done before and our next question is what is the most valuable for you in a friendship? For me it's gonna be very brief it's honesty and good communication I want you to say the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, honesty, I mean, m maybe it sounds random, but I think like honesty is like the base of everything. And uh, I feel like in my close surrounding, uh, in my family, there is c this kind of mentality of not being sincere and honest uh, towards people. Like when there is a problem in the family, there is this tendency to speak behind the backs of people, uh, not necessarily thinking, uh, meaning it in a bad way, but like, yeah, I'm, I just prefer to critic and, and not saying anything to the person. And ever since I was like a small kid, I never understood this behavior from my surroundings. I think I'm lucky that in my outer family, so when I mean outer family, I mean friends, Uh, because to me, there's also kind of my chosen family. I feel lucky that I always found very honest people who are able to communicate in a honest yet very empathic way, if that, if that makes sense. Like uh, communicating, like without being offensive or anything, just telling their points, yeah, just being their true selves feel confident enough to be their true selves with me. So I feel, I just feel lucky for it. And to me, it would be like the number one quality that I like to have in friends. I agree with you, with both of you. And uh, I was thinking like once uh, my close friend lied to me. And uh, when it happened, uh, I realized like I've never experienced lie before that moment. And it was like super uh, weird to me, like why person do that? Yeah, I, I've never experienced that. And uh, I'm lucky in that sense, like nobody from my circle lied to me. It's not even a question. It's supposed to be like this. <laughs> uh, honest uh, relationship and communication. I think I also value in a friendship, um, uh, like if a person is open-minded, 
like uh, doubting the the standards, like questioning values, questioning some information, questioning everything, because by questioning and doubting, you can be always, you can always grow, you can always change uh, something around you, and and you can be interested in this life. So this uh, life loving, also important for me. Our next question. So questions uh, getting deeper and deeper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What is your most treasured memory? I think it's a very recent one. My sister's wedding was very powerful, talking about emotions, but also love that we could feel. I think, of course, between the two persons that... Uh, that was um, having a commitment between them, but also from my family to me. I was so well surrounded and uh, there was so family, but also friend. For me, it was very beautiful to see, but also to live. So it's recent. I Actually, I didn't uh, find something that is uh, very deep inside my memory but um, that's directly what I thought about when you asked the question for me like the f very first thing that popped in my mind was a uh, memory from 2021 I have this friend uh, whom I studied with at university when I was still in my um, childhood town uh, Quimper and she was doing a summer job Okay, it was summer 2021, and she was working, I don't remember the name of the association, but it's basically an association that works in preservation and collecting sounds for preservation of religious buildings. Basically, my friend was doing a touristic guide, basically, just explaining the context of everything, every single painting or sculpture within the uh, cathedral. So it's like the biggest, one of the biggest cathedral in Brittany. And uh, one day she just told me, we were just hanging out uh, outside, and she told me, maybe I can ask the religious person who is mentoring me if I can take you on the top of the cathedral, which is normally a section of the cathedral that is not available for random visitors, except for uh, specific events. She had like a very good relationship with uh, all the religious people in the cathedral. She was like, okay, I'm going to, uh, to convince them, and it happened. At the end of the day, it was supposed to be only me, but uh, she ended up bringing uh, other friends. So we were like eight people at the just going on top of the cathedral. And it was like a super sunny day this day. It was during the evening, so the sun was beginning to go down. And it was the view, like cathedral is very high and the view was fantastic. So it was just like having all the sun and the beautiful view and all the friends around, it was such a happy memory. And it was also, I was also at that point in my life where I was feeling like extremely happy. And we also had to play the organ, you know, the instruments where people were still visiting inside. <laughs> so it's like, uh, it was like very happy memory. And I, I'm happy I also have some uh, pictures of this happy memory. Wow. I think I will tell you the memory about my first love 
because I really appreciate that time that we had. It was not so six years ago. Yeah, six, five years ago. But the whole time that we spent it together was like uh, amazing, incredible. We started to date uh, when we uh, were working in uh, in the USA and then uh, we had the distance relationship for two years. It was uh, hard. It was uh, happy at the same time at that time when we uh, spent the time together. Uh, all this love uh, story was uh, was amazing and I really uh, appreciate it uh, that it happened. And it's my best memory. Opposite question. <laughs> Opposite question is uh, what is your worst memory? I think maybe I can put just a little trigger warning but then... We'll see. I was a monitor in a kind of camp in France. And um, I was taking care of children that are very... um, I was taking care of children with many social... From many social groups. And there was one. We had him just during the morning because he had uh, disabilities and he was in um, not in an orphanage but in a house for children that have been taken from their parents because their parents are bad from for their else i'm not sure if i'm very clear and so these children he was so sad inside of him that his only way to evacuate his sadness was to um, hit his head on a wall and it was the first time I see this kind of thing because me for example I lived if I can say that a normal childhood if I can use the, the name normal a basic childhood and just to see that some children can feel it and can want to hurt themselves, it was for me terrible. It was devastating for me. So for me, I guess I will stay a bit blurry about them. I won't say any names or anything. But basically, my worst memory is happened with someone that I met, if I can say this online. We kind of had link for some period of time, for three years actually. I wrote messages to this person, speaking my heart, but I think I did it, or at least I think I did it wrong, and the person never answered after. And it's not the worst memory in the sense that the person didn't answer me, but because I think I... said something wrong or I expressed myself in maybe a a clumsy way or maybe I scared this person with my words uh, being maybe too honest and so yeah it's the the worst memory for me in the sense that I it's horrible for me to think that I might have scared or creeped someone out or I don't know because at the end of the day I still don't know if what I'm saying, if I scared this person or not, I don't know the reason why the person didn't answer, then it's none of my business. But it's like just thinking that I might have hurt someone in some way is unbearable for me. 
that makes sense. But at the end, it's uh, just their reaction on your words. Your words can be so. Your words can be neutral, and their reaction yeah, is their yeah, reaction. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you don't have to blame yourself for that. So my answer will be short. Um, uh, I think that day when I uh, got the news that my father died, uh, it was the worst memory because my my universal collapsed at that day. So as I said, the questions are getting uh, deeper and deeper. I love this one. If you knew you were going to die in a year, what would you change about your way of life and why? I would say I would just break all the barriers, borders I'm putting to myself, I would say. Which means that sometimes I'm kind of, I'm just taking random examples, but like sending a CV to apply for a job, as I'm trying to do right now, uh, and not sending it because I'm worried that I would get re rejected or something. So it's an example amongst others, but uh, these kind of barriers that I can put to myself sometimes. I guess that um, for one year, <laughs> if it left only one year for me to live, I will spend my time in youth exchange <laughs> 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 to meet new people and travel. I mean, for me, that's the the best way to spend my my last year. I mean, I am traveling, but not not often for me. <laughs> So, yeah, I think one week in a country, one week in another, meeting mm. one week people, I think it's can be nice. <laughs> For me, it's easy. I would change nothing because <laughs> I love my life yeah. <laughs> and uh, the way how I live it. But if there is uh, just one year left, I would spend more time with my family because I don't see them uh, often because they live in a different part of, part of my country. My mom lives in one city, I live in another city, grandma lives next to me, but uh, still we don't uh, see each other that much. And uh, since, since I live here, we don't see each other physically, just uh, through, the, through the phone. Yeah, I think uh, spending time with my family. It makes me remind that uh, I have a family, so maybe I will, maybe I will uh, spend the last week with them. <laughs> That's cool. What does friendship mean to you? I would say dedication, if that makes sense. Like trying to do our best to keep in contact, sending messages often, supporting each other, even if it's like distance uh, relationship. And honesty again, I think I can put it again there. But uh, I guess it would be the two things for me. I think I don't really need to get messages every day from my friend. I think the friendship has to be people who are here for me when I need it. Not when I want, but when I need it. It is also for me to spend good time together i think for me that is friendship and of course honesty <laughs> we can we can say it again and again and again <laughs> when i read that question i remembered the situation or my thoughts about this uh, i have a friend we have a friendship about over 10 10 years over for sure uh, it's not from the childhood but from like teenagerhood let's say and um 
in one moment we started to see each other less and less and then she got married and uh, my and her way of living the life was completely different so it's like a two parts uh, which one part is leading one way and another part leading completely opposite way and i was thinking like we don't see each other often we have different hobbies we have different interests because person with a family with a husband and kid it's completely different person than uh, it was before like uh, with parties and with i don't know walking every time everywhere traveling blah blah stuff and uh, i i realized like we don't have anything in common now but then uh, i was going through through depression but i mean uh, we still even though we didn't have a lot of uh, common stuff we still uh, see each other from time to time and uh, in that uh, rare meetings i realized like it's probably not that kind of friendship what it was before and uh, at that time i was uh, going through my depression and uh, that the persons who were next to me it was my old friends that friend and another one uh, both of them they have uh, families they have children and their lifestyle is completely different than mine but they were the persons who were around me who were take, taking care about me and uh, at that moment i realized like yes the lifestyle changed but and also the person changed but at that time when i was traveling when i was participating in the project when i was building my career they were building their families and the values are different their new life was super interesting to me in the sense of how they build it because now we have other common space where we can be together is their family and when i arrive to their house and when we are gathering together I realized like uh they spend a lot of time for build this environment for build the family for build everything that they have in a sense of the the atmosphere because every time when I come to their place it's incredible I feel like I'm in my family in my second family uh like they're my relatives and now from category of friends they became relatives and uh in that situation when i thought like we are completely different people because they don't uh they don't have same values with me anymore they just uh build uh, something in a different field and i realized like it's just different kind of values it's not opposite than mine and uh there is no problem that they don't share these values that i have i mean they share them but probably they don't practice them like for me uh the most uh, important value is traveling and i travel a lot for them also traveling is important value but they don't practice it but they still agree with my value and i still agree with their value and when i realized that my my mind was shifted like how uh, it's important to not lose this friendship because you think like it's completely different person right now and uh, it's important to see how person changed and where you can find common space in this new circumstances for me friendship it's about changing i guess <laughs> okay next one what role do love and care play in your life mm i think for me it's um it's a very important role i guess i love loving 
<laughs> I love being loved <laughs> or being appreciated at least. And um, I love caring people and when people take care of me. So I think it's um, my... Uh, happy place <laughs> yes my happy place it's uh, it's also my m motto maybe love is my motto <laughs> uh, I guess my answer is kind of conflicted on this subject because I feel like maybe my like the amount of love I have in my heart doesn't resonate well with most people like I'm usually the one who gives more than I receive And I have sometimes the feeling that people don't really appreciate me, which is, I know, is just a feeling, uh, but I don't know. Like, I, all, I have always had this feeling in my life, and I, I'm not saying that it's uh, justified or anything. It's just a very personal feeling. But, yeah, I mean, it's important. I, I need to feel love for people. If not, I feel empty. Like, I wish... I could feel others care and love more than I do because I don't really feel it, if I have to be honest. But I know that at least if I have to talk for what I feel, if I don't feel love or tenderness for someone or for people in general, I feel empty and uh, can lead me to be really dep depressed. So, yeah, for me, it's like, I mean, who doesn't want love in their life? So for me, for me, it's like obviously a big, big part uh, of everything of my life in general. Yeah, I think love, it's a base for everything because if there is love, there is a harmony also in any kind of movements in life, either relationship or either, I don't know, family or friendship or whatever. Even work, if you do your work with love. So I think it's the best way to do. Uh, care also also is important for me because yeah I really appreciate when somebody care about me and uh, it took me some time to appreciate care and to let others to take care about me me personally I like to take care about somebody and I like to uh, show my love to others yeah it's kind of love languages for me care and love Okay, now I will ask Alexia to choose la uh, right or left. Right. Right. So we will do like this. Alexia, me, Mathilde, Mathilde, Alexia. Okay. The question is, <laughs> it's a task, <laughs> actually. Take turns naming your partner's positive traits. Exchange five characteristics. I will take note. <laughs> So it's like Alexia is giving you yeah, five Alexia. positives and you five positives. Okay. Alexia to me, me to uh, Mathilde, Mathilde to Alexia. I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right. I, tr I start? Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at you right in your eyes. <laughs> like you can receive uh, all of this. Chris, I think you are very tolerant. I really admire it. Also, you are beautiful it, and you are doing everything in beauty. I think you are very, mm, uh, you are thinking about aesthetic a lot. I, I mean, I've never been to your bedroom, but I'm sure <laughs> it's very, if I can in 
invent this name Instagrammable and I can imagine <laughs> it's very beautiful. You will have a chance day after tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, true. I will guide you. Exactly. You are a very interesting and reflexive person. I think when you have new information, you are analyzing it and uh, making it not really fitting with your values, but at least you understand it. You are very open-minded. I think it's also uh, thanks to your travels and uh, you are lovely. Oh, thank you so much, Alexia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> oh, thank you. Mathilde? Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you okay. <laughs> that you first, I have to notice it, uh, you have sense of uh, fashion as really? a French. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I really uh, notice it because even you wear some basic or simple things uh, Some uh, from, you know, the, the fashion stylist, they said like you have to have this for sure in your wardrobe. You have it, you wear it and you look <laughs> completely French. <laughs> Yeah, this one. Uh, then I wanted to uh, say like you're self-developing and you realize like where you have to improve yourself and you uh, work on these points. Uh, then I would say uh, you hoping for the best. You are uh, probably you are not uh, every time uh, your mindset in a positive way because uh, yeah it's not that easy basically for everybody but uh, you have this um, strong hope for something uh, is going to be better in general then you have uh, dreams and you following it so with this uh, moving to berlin and uh, visiting berlin so i like this when you have something in your mind you stick to it and you do something for uh, make it true And uh, the fifth one, the hardest one for me to find, I don't know, because uh, we are not, I have to admire it, we don't uh, have super close relationship, yeah. but uh, since uh, I'm your colleague, I can see how you're a hard worker. Every time when I enter the room, Matilda's editing, editing, editing. <laughs> and it's not because you're not managing with deadlines. It's really because you are working and you have this attitude towards to responsibilities and mm. to, to work. Uh, I really appreciate that in people when they realize, like, if it's a work, it has to be yeah. uh, done. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank okay. you for telling me I look French. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Out of this, five? <laughs> with this jacket, everyone says now, okay, I'm the typical French. <laughs> And with red lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> you have to wear your beret. <laughs> I have it. I oh, actually have, have one. OMG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I not that one. cold It's yet. <laughs> we we have to wait uh, for winter. Yeah. <laughs> so, Alexia, I, I chose five, but... I'm not sure I will remember them also. Probably I will take time <laughs> during takes. But first that came to mind was uh, positivity. Like you're always smiling, always laughing, always happy to be alive. Like, <laughs> And I'm not saying that sometimes you don't feel bad because every person has mood change and stuff like this but you always make sure to be positive around people and it's something that I will definitely be inspired with for sure I will, st I will take it as an as an example and yeah for me it's like probably your top one admirable uh, quality <laughs> uh, second is creativity like you're in love with board games and stuff but I'm sure you would be a perfect board game creator too like you're working with kids you're making your courses and stuff and uh, 
it seems like you're doing a really good job and, and it requires a lot of creativity too since you're working with kids. So again, very admirable trait. Then it's not very original, but open-mindedness. And I guess it also goes together with tolerance, which was also one of my words. Because like I remember one of the first time we hanged out together, it was uh, with Badr and Bera, you and me. And uh, we had this talk about religion, about uh, how we were viewing religion. And since you're a Christian and Badr is uh, a Muslim, and I am in between, and Bera is, I think, atheist, or in between also, I was surprised that actually, as people who have these completely different takes on religion, uh, you were able to see others' perspective and understand them, even if, I mean, I don't know if you agreed or not uh, with us, but still you were like very, like actually listening to to us. And I don't know, I just found it to be like a beautiful conversation first. And uh, yeah, I just love tolerant and open-minded people, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth one was perseverance I think it's the word mm -hmm. uh, when you never like give up basically like you go you're going for something and even if there is like big steps to do on the way you're going to do the big steps on the way so that's why <laughs> thank you so much wow <laughs> that's so nice Woo, it's a, it's a good vibe uh, <laughs> here so we're probably gonna end up um Hugging, crying, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at the end of the show. And our next question is, are your relationships in your family warm and close? I think maybe my childhood, my parents um, showed us a lot of love. I mean, in the way like we can imagine what is showing love, like uh, the most obvious part, like hugging. So I think it was very warm love. And when we grow up with um, my sister, this is another kind of language that my parents uh, use. Sometimes I th it is not feeling warm, but in the end we know that uh, it's love anyways. And um, thanks to this, Thanks to we know how my parents are giving us love with my sister. I think, yes, it's united us. I guess I never had a really close bond with my family in general when I was living with them still. Uh, I mean, my father has never been part of the landscape anyway. Uh, I know it's harsh to say, but he's... I don't, I don't, and like, if you asked me who is my father, I won't be able to answer. Like, he has never been present or anything. A anything he says about me, he says in my back to my mother, <laughs> waiting for my mother to give me the critics that he tells me. So I don't really like this type of uh, person in general. Uh, but with my mother, actually, our links got closer when I left home, which is kind of weird because we actually have the exact same character, type of behavior. Uh, we are both very stubborn and sometimes can get kind of um, impulsive, maybe too impulsive. So us together 
was kind of fireworks, but fireworks in a ugly way. Uh, and when I left home, I feel like we both realized our wrongs in a way. And uh, we actually got closer and closer through the years. So I guess it's positive things. And with the rest of my family, I mean, we are, I technically have four person in, in my family, like my dad, my mother, my aunt, and my grandmother. I don't, I don't know at all the rest of my family. Uh, so my grandmother and my aunt, uh, we were close at some point, but I kind of lost contact with them uh, with time. I agree with Mathilde. <laughs> <laughs> also, my relationship with my mom improved when we started to live uh, separately. And uh, my mom, she has uh, this uh, saying, and she's repeated it constantly, uh, for have great relationship with your family or with your relatives, you have to live uh separately so uh this works with my mom at the same time I, I like i miss you but at the same time i cannot spend with her like more than one week or 10 days in in one uh, space but i cannot say like my relationship with my f with my family uh, are close ones and i would like to improve this to be honest but we are super different persons and probably it's not even possible to be more closer to them than um, I am now yeah <laughs> I don't know I don't know what to say um, I would like to have uh, some time uh, with my family which uh, we can spend together like for example gathering together because it's some occasion like some rituals let's say because i really appreciate when families uh, have rituals and some events where they gather together when they spending time together and it's a special occasions and they follow this calendar <laughs> so uh, in my family we don't have things like this but i wanted to have them at least in my future family because I think with years, I started to appreciate family more. This one is like from psychology session, I guess. Okay. <laughs> How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? <laughs> oh, it, it really looks like a psychological uh, session. We are very different. And, and so we can't live together. A, a little bit, as you said, Chris, just before. But we love on the same topics or on the same things so a lot of time we will just love for silly things you know but together and I think loving with someone is the best also the best moment um, you can spend with so my relationship with my mother if I can define it uh, in um, in one word it could be um, when in one word, no, it's it's impossible. But uh, in one sentence, it could be like um, a no friend I love with, like someone I will never be friend with, but I can love a lot with. Ah, okay. Our relation is uh, conflictual, I guess, uh, except when we don't live together. And I, I guess uh, first reason, as I said before, is because we have too similar of um, personality. Uh, it's like explosive, I guess. It's like Kalashnikov in <laughs> in the same room. <laughs> um, so it's not possible. But she's very 
conservative, not in political way, but in the sense that she prefers security to freedom, if that makes sense. And my life choices upset her a lot. And because I was so stubborn, she ended up accept accepting it. But it's still conflictual because uh, I wasn't able to have her support right away. It was always first when I was telling her something about my plans, like my plans to come here in Hungary for one year. She was like, uh, no, there is no way you're going. Like, uh, And then I told her that it was near the Ukrainian frontier and she was like, there's no way you're going. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> it's always first trying to ruin my hopes and to be dissuasive. Yeah, it's always trying to be negative to make sure that I will cancel my plans. So yeah, I guess a lot of misunderstandings and uh, not a lot of acceptance as, at, at first, I guess. My mom, she's super supportive and super acceptable in a sense of me, but not in the sense of the others. Uh, I'm not sure like she's tolerant. Or, I mean, she's not <laughs> tolerant and um, she's not acceptable about uh, any other things that uh, uh, that don't match with her values or her point of view. But um, towards to me, she is uh, supportive. Yeah, and she appreciates everything that I do. She's accept all my decisions and I'm just I'm super independent. And I don't have any bondings in the sense of I'm not dependent on her opinion. It can hurt me, but her opinion doesn't influence to my decisions. And um, everything that I decided, uh, she accepted. She just realized like she couldn't say no. It's no way to, for her to say no to, to me because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't work, even though she said. But... I received that comprehensive mother and I'm lucky with this, but uh, still our relationship uh, not that perfect or, I mean, I don't think so that somebody uh, have a perfect relationship with mother. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, for example, my latest podcast uh, in Russian contains some part when my friend recommended to somebody use this opportunity to apply for a residence in Germany because they were somehow following by Russian government uh, because they were kind of oppositions. <laughs> so it's a political it's a political moment in a podcast and um, this is a reason which you can use. Uh, right uh, for achieve your goals my mom said like i like the podcast but this part i don't like mm. because i don't like politics at all like do not talk about politics mm. she trying to tell me that it's uh, it's not safe to talk about politics and she she agreed to accept my podcasts but only in a situation if they don't have a political <laughs> political discussion on it so it's like i accept you but <laughs> Yeah, I said like it was a huge conflict between us. I said like, "Mom, just don't do not hide uh, behind this. I accept you, but if you accept me, you accept me like one hundred percent of me or of my thoughts, uh, what I'm doing. It's impossible to accept like half of me and the other half. Like, what I supposed to do with the other half? It's my personality. It's me, and it's uh, things that I'm doing. They are important for me. So yeah, <laughs> that's my relationship with my mother. It's very psychological. <laughs> mm. 
So now it's a task again. We have to uh, make a sentence. We have to continue the sentence. Now all of us, we feel something. So we have to find the common things that all of us, we feel at the same moment. Mm. All of us, now we feel grateful to be in Nyerechaza <laughs> to discover more about ourselves. Works for me. Yeah, for me too. And uh, we have to find three All right. So maybe one sentences. for each? Yeah, let's do uh, three sentences each for one. I think we are, I mean, I assume mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we have something to say about ourselves and here is a common uh, safe space where we can express ourselves. I agree. Me too. I would say just simply we feel accepted and uh, loved for who we are as a person with our own opinions and personalities. Yeah, I agree. True. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Continue the sentence. I wish there was someone to share with. I would like to have someone to share my love, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Your love. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I wish, I think I would refer this to my friend. Unfortunately, he passed away recently and he was the person who I can share with the whole my ideas and the whole my thoughts. And uh, he wasn't giving me any advices or something like this. He was just accepting everything that I said or everything that I thought. And uh, yeah, I, I really sometimes think like it's super sad that uh, he is not uh, with me anymore. And uh, I would like to share with him uh, the whole my thoughts that I think about my future because now I'm kind of passing existential crisis what to do with my life. Mm. And uh, yeah, I would like to share that with him and probably he would uh, give some opinion about about these plans. I really don't know, <laughs> to be honest. I wish I could have someone to share And I don't know how, what to, to add, actually, because I have someone to share everything with me. So, If you were going to be a close friend to your partner, what would you tell him or her right now? You cannot skip this question because you're the only one who has a partner. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, I think I would say to her, like, you need to be more confident and to trust yourself that the thing I want she knows all right <laughs> I'm kidding <laughs> imagine the situation when I have a partner and I think I would uh, I would say something about me uh, that uh, might be useful for him uh, I think he has to know that sometimes I can be rude but I don't mean it, and um, even though I root, I really care about him, I really love him. Yeah, for me, it would be kind of similar to you, I guess, but more like in um, if I say things in clumsy way, I never mean it in like a hurtful way, if that makes sense. So next uh, question, it's a task. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also, we have to tell to our partner something that we cannot tell to some random person so we have to be honest with him or her we have to be direct and say something uh, you wouldn't say to casual stranger 
But it should be uh, things that related to, to the personality of the partner. I think with me, with case of uh, me and Mathilde, we can uh, say something about our close friends. And with case yeah. of uh, Alexia, so you have Carmen. I would say I love the way you are listening to me and you are giving me the perfect right advices that always match with the people I am. I will imagine my my friend. I was talking about her in the previous questions. I love the way how she follow her dreams and how she settled the goals and achieving these goals, even though it's not popular goals or it's not obvious or it's not easy. She's challenging herself. She's challenging life. And um, I'm glad that she could manage to find her way and live life openly, build her life according to this value to be open, to be herself. And so same talking about friend. I would thank this uh, friend for uh, her, her patience, I guess, and accepting me with all the weird sides of my behavior sometimes. I mean, when I say weird, weird parts that sometimes I don't understand myself, and uh, yeah, she's someone who can understand that. I mean, sometimes it seems like she can read in my head <laughs> and it seems sometimes like she understands things better than me. And it's also very helpful. So I would say thank you for understanding and patience uh, from your part. Next question. Share an unpleasant situation or embarrassing moment from your life. I can think about one moment. It was super, super embarrassing and super weird, let's say. I was 16 and I met some guy the day before and it was kind of date. He was a little bit older than me and uh, we decided to go on a date by bikes. I asked my friend about uh, her bike, so it wasn't my bike even. We were cycling around the city and he was in you uh, in town. Uh, he didn't know the, the roads and that stuff. And then one moment when we passed the highway, it's a kind of dangerous place uh, in the city to cycle there. And uh, it was an accident. The car was going and he he was trying to move somehow and uh, he didn't fit the, the space between uh, fence and uh, the other part of the fence and he crashed. I was following him, I was behind. And I didn't realize like what happened because I thought uh, crash was with the car. So it was car accident, like car crashed him, uh, hit him. But thanks God it wasn't like this. But the car stopped and the guy uh, came out and uh, he started to do some manipulations with him because the guy was without consciousness. <laughs> you know, the, the thing, uh, he had like beautiful face and his lips was super big, you know, like two big lips and the bottom lip was just broken like in the middle of it and it was a lot of blood oh gosh and i found him in this in this occasion where there's blood everywhere he is without consciousness some guy next to him i don't know what to do i'm 16 years old i don't know where to call i i started to call to ambulance but i realized like I forgot the number of the ambulance. I was in, in that kind of shock. But then I started to scream the address and the address wasn't clear because we were in the middle of nowhere. It's a highway. 
Oh gosh, when ambulance came and they took him, he started to come unconscious. Yeah, it was terrible. And this guy who stopped for for us, he uh, drove me to to the clinic. And uh, when the guy who was with me on a date became conscious, I entered the room. He looked at me, and I realized it's something weird in his eyes. Like something is not clear. And I asked, like, do you remember me? And he said, no. <laughs> And this, this kind of situation, you know, this um, sentence when people say, like, you will never have second chance to make first impression. So in my case, it was a second chance to make first impression <laughs> because guy was with am- amnesia. amnesia. <laughs> amnesia. <laughs> it was amnesia. terrible. I, I realized, like, I have to explain what happened with him and why I am here. Oh, my God. It was awful, awful. For you, it's embarrassing, but it's very... I mean, it's, it looks like um, a movie a Yeah, movie, movie scene. scene. Movie scene, for sure. Yeah. And then I went to, to the store to buy some products for him because he has to remain uh, in, in the hospital for a few days. And then I, I knew he was new in town and I didn't even know like uh, how to contact the family or should I how to contact the family or something like this. Oh, it was... Yeah. 16 years old. <laughs> 16 years old, yeah, that's the crucial moment. Oh. I was thinking about myself, like, oh my gosh, Christina, what are you doing? How you end up here in the hospital oh, with a person who don't even remember who you are? Yeah, heavy. <laughs> yeah. It was last year, my first year uh, in the school I'm teaching, actually. And maybe we are in November, something like that. We are Wednesday. It's 11 o'clock. No, it's 12 o'clock, sorry. And so at 12, I decide to go to eat something because I have class only at 1. So I go in the school restaurant. I eat a little bit. And then I think, all right, it's 12.15. I will go in my class and I will prepare the next class, you know, the class that I have in 45 minutes. I come to the class, there is already my student uh, in here, and so I say hello, bonjour, I sit down, I open my computer, and I start working on my computer, and uh, they are here, they are, um, well, chilling, like, uh, as usual, like teenagers, chilling in the in the class but they are not all here some are arriving at the same time at one moment one child asked me miss can i go to the toilet and i say yeah of course you don't have to ask because i'm here and you're here but we have class in 45 minutes so he go to the to the toilets and some of them ask me like can we um can we light the um, interactive board and I say yes of course and you can draw on it no problem and uh, so they are having good times before our class so at 12.45 there is the first uh, ring and I see all my pupils going out of the class at this moment I realize that I had class but I didn't work. I was working on other class, on my own business. 
But I had class at this moment. So I go out of the class. I go to find my coordinator and I said, oh, la, la, Angela, I feel so ashamed. And she said, like, what, what, what happened? What happened with the children? I said, like, I just didn't do class because I thought I had class now, not one hour earlier. And she said, like, oh, no problem. I thought there was a big problem. And I was like, yeah, but I feel very ashamed. Like, so my my student spent one hour time just with me in the same uh, class, in the same room, doing nothing in French. And me preparing my next classes, like not, not there, but other classes I have. So maybe they were like, she's not paying attention on our on ourselves but she's doing anything else you know and I was so ashamed because I didn't understand why they are all going out it's 12.45 you know and I realized so actually mine is going to be very quick <laughs> because it's also stupid uh, it was actually very recently as every morning I just left the apartment and locked behind me I arrived to Mushtarhaz and one hour, two hours passed and Badr didn't arrive and there are someone else asked where Badr is and I'm like, I mean, he's always late and I'm starting like mocking him as flatmates, flatmates do and he didn't came of the day so I was like, okay, he just skipped because he was too lazy and <laughs> I came come back to the flat and I searched my keys in my bag and you know I had this little bird plush attached to my um, key just to know that they are mine and I couldn't find it and I pull off like a pair of keys that are not mine and obviously Bader couldn't come at the office because I locked, locked him in the apartment mm -hmm. so he couldn't come and I, I just spit on him for nothing. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> poor Bader. <laughs> Sorry, Bader. <laughs> Next question. When was the last time you cried in front of someone and when you were alone? Uh, last time I cried in front of someone was my psychiatrist. <laughs> and uh, alone, I think it was like two days ago. I was just listening to music that was reminding me of happy memories and that's it. But it was like happy tears. Me too. Uh, in front of people, it was happy tears because it was for my sister's wedding. <laughs> and alone, to be honest, I think I don't really remember. I guess it was one conversation with my mother that has turned uh, in a bad way. Something like that, I guess. Last time when I cried in front of somebody was, uh, as I can remember, was time when Raymond asked me like why I'm sad. And at that moment, I was figuring out how to deal with uh, money transfers from Russia to here because, uh, again, <laughs> they blocked one of the ways how to transfer the money because of the sanctions and war. So I was uh, figuring out how to have my money. Yeah, it was kind of intense. And uh, when he asked, like, I started to cry <laughs> because it was uh, super intense for me. And uh, alone, I cried uh, today, early in the morning, when I was uh, watching um, training of humanitarian aid. And part of this training of humanitarian aid was a YouTube video when 
a girl who was a doctor in, in one of the missions. She told uh, on the TED Talks about her experience and she told a lot about the cases uh, that she faced uh, in this humanitarian aid mission. So in these cases made me cry. Yeah. Tell your partner what you already appreciate about him or her right now. Yeah, let's do that uh, among us. Let's do the other direction. Mm-hmm. I think the first thing I appreciate uh, to you, Mathilde, when I met you, it was easiness you have to talk about yourself. Be- really? Yes, <laughs> really, because you, I think you shared with me a lot of things that probably other people won't have shared. Yeah, about yourself and about uh, maybe you have difficulties to deal with in your life. About you? I mean, it's kind of complicated as a question because I admire a lot of things. What I admire the most in general is how like devoted you are on many levels. Uh, when it comes to your work, uh, how passionate you are, and for literally everything, like when you helped facilitating the youth exchange, like it was new for you and you managed to do that too. You're traveling everywhere, learning things constantly and stuff. I don't know, like to me, this is, that means a lot of devotion to, to people and to your goals and what you want to achieve in life in general. Uh, so yeah, I think it's uh, remarkable to me. I am really inspired by it, for sure. Thank you, Mathilde. Alexia, I feel, I felt it at that day when you left and we were like without you for, for the whole summer. And uh, I realized like you are the the life of the city. <laughs> you bring joy, you bring uh, some you know, business in, in our life because you're always um, pushing us together, together to have coffee, to have board games and do stuff uh, because without your life in Yerit Haza is kind of boring, even though we can get it by ourselves. But yeah, you are the key ingredient. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> That's so nice. What topic do you think is too serious to joke about? Maybe it depends on with who we are talking about <laughs> because um, for example for me you can joke about a lot of topics if you are tolerant and you know that what you are saying is not to hurt people for me it's also like you can joke wherever you want and on any topic but only in uh, in case if you don't think it's serious i mean i can joke about I don't know, sexual abuse, if I don't think that sexual abuse is okay. Mm. I can joke about uh, sex workers uh, if I think like sex workers uh, should be protected. If I uh, think the opposite or like if I humiliate in them, I cannot joke about it. Mm. But any kind of topics, it's okay. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I guess I have a really hard time joking about sensitive topic when it comes to, I don't know, like some people can throw racist jokes and stuff. I have a hard time even laughing to this because for me it's like I'm trying to put myself in the skin of someone who would hear and receive that joke. Like I would have like a hard time myself joking about anything like that. So to me it's like I don't joke about sensitive stuff in general. So it's kind of a complicated question for me. I guess I would accept 
someone joking around me about that because I don't like to judge anyway. So I guess I can accept other joking about it, but me doing it myself, I don't think I would feel good about it. That's true that your point of view is, is very interesting and I think it makes me, at least me, it makes me very questioning myself about if there is really a topic that is too serious to joke about. Mm. Because first of all, I think as my mind is not bad or has uh, hasn't bad intention, maybe, for me it was kind of obvious that we can joke about everything. But probably because I don't take part of, as you said, in mm. racism, for, for example, I don't take part of this minority, for example, of or, or I don't take part on a major of minority, if I can say. Yeah. Next one is a really interesting one. <laughs> if you had to die today, before the end of the day, without talking to anyone, what untold thing would you regret the most? And why haven't you say this yet? I guess for me it wouldn't be saying something, or at least not in a verbal way. Because I feel like everything I had to say, I just said it. <laughs> But it would be just portraits of people I love. Just like by drawing. So it's not technically saying. I mean, it's it's saying something, but in a different way. Me, I think I will go with the typical but relevant I love you <laughs> to the people of my family because we are not saying it a lot and as I don't talk with them a lot also by messages uh, I think it would be the the thing I would like to I would regret yeah I think I have already said to my parents and my sister that I love them but I think I don't say it enough and so that's uh, maybe the regrets I would have and I will say them I will say to them next right after this uh, <laughs> this interview. <laughs> I think mine is also about love. I would like to say to my mom once again that I love her because I don't do that often because it's too hard for me to admit that I love her even though I really love her. <laughs> Just uh, this tension between us uh, don't makes me comfortable um, to say directly about my feelings. Next, your house with all your things is on fire. After saving loved ones and pets, you have time to run into the house and save something else. What would you take and why? I would say I had this uh, little plush that my mother uh, gifted me as a Christmas gift, I think it was. It's like a little bear uh, with like a Santa Claus uh, hat and with my name on it and I just think it's really cute and I brought it with me in Hungary actually so yeah I think I would save this little plush it's like the size of my thumb so I would save pictures printed uh, like I have kind of albums that uh, contain some pictures so I think I would save this probably in priority <laughs> the one with um, the albums that my mother have done with pictures of us and it's uh, in 2004 uh, so I think it's uh, <laughs> it's cute <laughs> for me it's a hard question because since I moved to Hungary I moved all my stuff to my grandma house and I rented my apartment and uh, 
there is no my things anymore <laughs> and some of my things I brought here with me. Talking about my current house, which is in Yeritkhazo, uh, I think I would uh, run into and grab my jewelry because this jewelry means a lot to me. It's uh, handmade stuff and it's also a gift from me to me. <laughs> so talking about my apartment in Russia, like Alexia, I would save uh, books with photos because I also uh, often print some books which contains uh, my best memories. Yeah, I think this, this stuff, photos and uh, some memories. The death of which of your family members would upset you the most and why? so difficult to choose <laughs> someone. I don't even think I would be able to choose, to be honest. Yeah, I think me neither. Mm. But uh, the first uh, first figure, first <laughs> person who came to my mind, it's my mom. But of course, like it, it doesn't mean like if somebody else <laughs> would yeah. die, yeah. I don't gonna feel anything. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. I think me, it would be my sister because maybe in my mind, at least, it's more natural that my parents will die before us, <laughs> before me and my sister. So I think my sister will affect me probably more. I don't know. But of course, equal for everyone. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be my mother too, if I have to answer someone. But anyone would be great, obviously. So girls, we arrived to the last question. That's it. That's the end of session. How do you feel? I really liked it, actually. It was very interesting also to hear about your point of view. I yeah. really liked uh, it. For me, it was like this first time I w I'm doing this kind of uh, interview. Very interesting and uh, to see how deep the answers are sometimes. So, uh, yeah, it was like uh, unexpected. Very interesting for me. And thank you for inviting also. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. participating. It was also interesting for me and uh, I hope for our listeners. Um, we really propose you to answer to this question and uh, to, to search for them on the internet. It's easy to access. Uh, you can just type 36 questions to the stranger. And uh, I hope you can use them for falling in love with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Need to put in practice now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.